It's time for Enlightenment in the City with El Hoshotara on the News for the Soul Network. El is a spiritual coach and intuitive reader with a unique flair. Strong yet soft, compassionate with a heart, she lives the consciousness of being feminine with strength. El tells it like it is. Welcome El Hoshotara back to News for the Soul. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this Hour of News for the Soul. I'm your host, El Maya Hoshiam Tara, and you can either call us in before we have open lines today. You can go to newsforthesoul.com. That's newsforthesoul.com to find your phone number, and you can also email in. If you email questions in, make sure to put my name on it if you want me to do the reading for it, um, and that would be on the air at telus.net. That's on the air at telus.net with telus only being one L. And um, the email is posted on a switchboard title to just in case. So you can always write in there. So let's talk a little bit about um, like this version of authenticity um, and proper usage. So it's really important to understand that you've got a certain flavor to you. You have certain wants, needs, desires, and you have a pattern that's going to be unique to you. And it's the same thing for everybody else. So as the saying goes, you're unique, just like everybody else. And what that means is some things are going to be good for you, some things are not going to be good for you, not because they're bad and wrong, they're just not a fit for you. And that, my dear, is completely and absolutely 100% fine. In fact, it's great. It's glorious. Why? Then you use the other jobs, provided they're not your responsibility to do. Um, you leave the other jobs for other people, or you get to use this wonderful thing, which is you get to hire out for help, and you get to hire other people to do things that you have absolutely no interest in learning how to do, such as fixing your computer or your TV or the light switches. Can you tell what things I do not personally like to do? Play with electricity being one of them. Um, and so it's wonderful, you know, when we can hire people to do things that would take a long time to figure out. Sometimes if it's really not your thing, if you don't really have an aptitude to it, uh, for it, and especially if you have some resistance for it, such as being electrocuted when you're a young child, thankfully that was not me. Um, but when people have that, for example, they can get really, um, really, really, they can be very hard, um, and they can have a ton of resistance towards, doing certain actions and those things are good for them to hire out because if you're doing every single last thing, number one, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, You're not going to be able to do those things well. And sometimes, not all the time, and this is important because in codependency, people use that as an excuse to not do the things they have to do. Um, Oh, there goes my alarm. So this is, um, but it's just like in um, reality, okay, so where it actually exists this way, um, not being used as an excuse, which is very common in codependency, um, but just being in the reality of it, sometimes you're not good at certain things because they're driving you towards um, the fact that you're not supposed to be doing them. Um, and everybody has to contribute on this planet. I mean, it just it just works out that way. It's part of life on this on this planet. So people understand that some people don't. Um, <clears throat> so it's a good way to divvy up chores. You know, it's a good way to keep you on path. And there can be a lot of benefit for doing things that are more in your path because of the way that they feed each other. Um, it also means that when you're looking at it from um, what I'm going to say is proper usage, okay, you start to understand like some of the things that you don't do, but you know somebody great who does do them, then you can be a source of support and guide people towards doing them for those modalities. Uh, so, for example, I tend to recommend a lot of people for visceral and manipulation, uh, sorry, visceral manipulations, neural manipulations, those sorts of things. I don't do those things. And quite frankly, I still remember a tiny little bit um, from science class when I was in high school, and <laughs> it's fucking boring for me like completely and absolutely boring. Um, and I'm not against it because obviously it's needed and I have great appreciation for people who do find that interesting because that means that I've got really excellent people who help me work on certain aspects of my body that I don't have to learn everything and um, do them because I find anatomy really, really boring. And so boring, it's really hard for me to focus and concentrate. Now, it doesn't mean I have absolutely no interest in the human body whatsoever. Nope. Um but, you know, I know some people have that, well, you date, don't you? 
bad joke in your head. Um, so some interest in, in human anatomy, obviously. So I got my honey that I'm very interested in. Um, yeah, but there's other reasons, too, um, such as, you know, knowing how to make my health better. So I do have some interest in it, but it comes more in terms of supplementation, um, those sorts of things. And, again, you know, there's some, like, really, really incredibly long aspects of it um, that would take a lot of study and I can just go and put things together easier because somebody has done more of the legwork for people that I trust. So we want people to have different aspects um, to what it is that you do because we want other people to be able to find information too. It's just you have to also find and know the information for your path and what's relevant for you and sometimes that's going to stretch you. Now sometimes you say stretch and um, there are more beneficial ways and, and not beneficial ways to do that. So sometimes you have to stretch a little bit, but it'll make more sense the further along in your, you are on your path in a particular direction. And then it's, the stretching doesn't seem like boring, you know, down your heads on the table going, oh, my God, I don't have to do, I have to do this again. Oh, I don't want to do this again. You know, there's not that kind of resistance because it starts to make sense to you, but it doesn't mean that you're going to do everything. And, you know, well, technically speaking, you know, some people think, well, you should, you know, do everything all the time. They have all those expectations of people, but you only have 24 hours of the day. It's just the way it works on the spine. Um, so with that, you're not going to have enough time to gather all the information. So having other people who like to gather information in places that you don't want to do that comes in very, very handy. Um and so you get to do the things that you love, which is probably going to be what your path is here for you to do. And then it feels really great to be on this plane. You understand you don't have to do everything. Um, and you can still be a very supportive person, a very loving person, a very open open person. And you can support other people as well in their different flavors. And you can do this, you know, in a giving community. So in interdependency, you can do this. And this is more what we mean by your authentic nature. Um, and some people think, you know, they're very stuck. They, you know, they think the authentic nature is always being stuck or you should always be stuck or you just have to push through. And sometimes that's the case, sometimes it's not. And that's really important to understand. And I remember still having conversations with people on the subject of supplements, you know, where it's like, you don't like to be healthy. Um, and it's not true. I've been cleaning up my diet since I was 12, but I didn't like taking certain supplements because they really made me sick. And some people really got condescending about that. Um, and then as I, you know, grew, got more into supplements, et cetera, I started to discover that some of the, sometimes the reason you're getting really, really super sick off super supplements, and I definitely did, uh, vitamin Bs and iron were two of them that really did it for me. And number one, because there's different quality of the supplements, and if you are more susceptible to it and it's a lower quality supplement, then who knows what they put in there, and sometimes it's really not that healthy for you and your body's having a negative reaction to it because it's not actually good for you. And this is really important to understand. And I found that personally, for me, it happened most with the Bs, and multivitamin Bs and iron pills. It happened with those most. Now that I take a higher quality B supplement and a higher quality iron supplement, I don't have that problem. I can take vitamin Bs, and it's great. When I'm low on energy, I take my vitamin B12 spray. Um, it's absolutely wonderful, and it helps to give me a little pep up. And your vitamin Bs will do that as opposed to making you, like, you know, head bent over in the toilet when you're pregnant and you're being told to take a really, oh, you know, uh, vitamin B or a multi or a prenatal multi, and it's, you know, <clears throat> really cheap, it's horrible, it's not good for you. And your body is, you know, literally you're bent over, you know, and you've got your face in the sink because you can't hold it down, um, regardless of how they're saying, well, oh, my God, you're just not doing it properly. You have to take it with carbs. Well, if you're taking something very toxic, that's going to take a lot of carbs. And if you have to stuff down half a bag of chips or half a box of crackers, um, in order to make your body okay with that supplement, there might be something else, I'm going to say almost definitely, something else going on, which just means you need something else. Um, I've also heard of people saying like, well, of course it makes you sick, you just take it anyways. Um, and, you know, if, and again, this is when, you know, somebody looks like, um, because they eat healthier than you, they're more physically fit, it can be hard to sort of, know that they don't know what they're talking about unless you're already there enough and then you start to discover things like well 
the reason that it makes you, um, or the reason that they're having to force themselves to do it because, quote, unquote, that's discipline. That's not discipline. That's forcing your body because you're not listening to it. And there can be a lot of, you know, negativity and, you know, people dragging their nails to your energy fields because you are not disciplined enough and all that sort of nonsense. And it really doesn't have to be that way. And it's actually not that way. It's because people are really trying to force something that is not beneficial to force in that manner. And when you understand that enough, well, yes, you still need to take some carbs with certain supplements because it will definitely help um, calm your, your body. You're not having to eat half a bag of chips or half a box of crackers or half a loaf of bread off of like one iron pill. And common sense would tell you that seems a little excessive. Um, you know, and even if you're really having to <clears throat> say you're taking six and some of them you really need the carbs with, maybe you need to have a bowl of cereal with it. But a bowl of cereal is, you know, six pieces of bread or half a half a bag of chips. I would think, again, I guess it depends on, you know, what you're eating. Maybe it works out to the same for volume. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but you don't have those same sort of um, needs for carbs to help calm your stomach is my point, even though I may be off on the how much bread versus, you know, uh, carbs versus uh, how much cereal fits in a bowl, but it also depends on the size of a bowl or what you're calling a bowl of cereal and how full you fill it, etc. Um, <clears throat> but when we're looking at this and we start to understand that, you know, it just makes it a lot easier to understand. Like, you do need to listen to yourself, but you also need to be open. And if you're truly listening to yourself, well, you're going to change your mind. You're going to find out places that you're wrong. So codependency, if you're listening to yourself, you ignore everything that makes sense because you're listening to yourself, but that's not listening to yourself. That's ignoring common sense um, because you have an idea. So having an idea is very different than listening to yourself. If you're listening to yourself, you're listening to yourself when you're not getting results, and it's like, okay, um, this isn't working for me. I have to go and I have to do something else. I have to learn more. I have to add something else in. I have to zig now when I zigged before or vice versa and all these sorts of things. So listening to yourself does not mean staying stuck in an idea that you once had, especially when it's from a long, long time ago, um, say childhood and somebody's still holding on to that idea or they heard somebody else say it. It doesn't even work for them, but if you'll get enough codependency in there, um, you'll get people, they heard something, it doesn't even work for them and they'll defend it, you know, tell the pals come home, you know, teach spared. How dare you see that they're wrong. They know what they're talking about. Well, they listen to themselves, you. you know, and all of that stuff, like that toxic energy dragged through, that's all your codependent nonsense. And that's not really your authentic self because your authentic self is not, you know, toxic. Um, you know, greeting into other people's energy. That's more, you know, um, when people have a lot of anger, they have a lot of loathing. Um, they think they know what they're talking about and they don't yet. And then that's different areas. That's when we start to get all that, um, you know, dragging through the defenses, you know, the nine whole nine yards. And it doesn't mean you're never going to be upset as an advanced practitioner because sometimes you're going to get upset because somebody's trying to do that to you or they're just really acting will be polite and say, asinine. Um, you know, you're still going to have places where you're upset, but the more you go into truth, the places you're probably going to be upset um, tend to start to become more when people are out of reality um, with truth or they're very closed, they're not open to listening, um, they're not open to finding a different way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're not going to be able to do it in every single moment, neither is everybody else, um, because you're only one person and there's billions of people more than you. You're not going to be able to follow, listen to um, every single idea that ever came down the line, you're not going to be able to study that. Um, so when we're looking at, you know, authenticity, um, I mean, part of your authentic nature is that you you are learning about how to listen to yourself, where to listen, where to give. And sometimes you're going to be a little bit stuck in some areas. Uh, some people are going to be very stuck. But as you move forward, it becomes a lot easier to, um, you know, zig where you should be zigging and zigging where you should be zigging or else you find out differently later on. You're like, oops, I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Or, oops, I should have done this already then. And then you make the adjustments now. And it doesn't have to be a big deal uh, unless you have somebody breathing down your neck because you look at you, you know, and you got all that stuff. Um, or else you're breathing down your own neck because you've had so much experience with other people, you know, 
dragging their claws through your energy, you think that's what's required of you, which would be, again, um, what happens when people um, <clears throat> come out of, say, very codependent um, households and they've been bashed their entire lives and are getting in trouble for not listening to the toxicity. They're getting in trouble for not listening to the drama. And that's not what authenticity is. So authenticity, you know, sometimes people think that it's about being stagnant um, or you're never going to change, and that's not true. If you're being true to your authentic nature, you're changing all the time because things will change. More information comes in. This is going to be better for you than that, and it'll get you on path. And even your path is going to evolve and change, and you're going to find different aspects of it more interesting and more fulfilling at certain times than other times. And other times, things that you never thought you'd be interested in, like accounting programs to manage your business, um, you start to get interested and you start to understand, oh, wait, I can actually be more efficient. Oh, wow, this really feels great. And then all of a sudden, you get in touch with that area of yourself where you're like, hey, I'm the business person, and you're in touch with that flavor. And you've never been in touch with that flavor before for some of you, and now you're in touch with that flavor, even if you really, really hardcore never identified with that flavor previously. So when we're looking at authenticity, this is really important to understand that it is this unfolding um, being true to yourself that who true to yourself changes um, not because you're flipping according to what other people are demanding of you not because you're flipping and bending over backwards accommodating too much irresponsibility or negativity um, in yourself or in other people um, it's just that your authentic nature really is that you, you should be growing forward with it is what I'm basically saying. Uh, things should be unfolding. You should be getting new ideas and you should be making adjustments. Um, and those sorts of things are the thing that help you to, you know, get out of codependency, increase, or for those of you that are not in codependency, helps you to have that better life, helps you to take things to the next level, helps you to have more happiness, joy, um, you know, a, a great house that you love. You can get to the point where, you actually really prefer being at home or even if you're not normally a homebody just because you've set your life up so well that there's not going to be a ton of places out there that are going to meet your needs for your vibration, for, um, you know, your particular tastes, what's really going to feed your soul. And you can really accommodate that in your house or on your property, which is really absolutely amazing. Um, you know, so all these sorts of things come out and it's important to understand and honor that change and honor the acceptance of the new flavors um, and get in touch with those things as well if you're needing to make changes towards, you know, moving forward in different areas. So it's really, really cool. Um, but you'll notice that, like, everything I'm talking about, unless I'm talking about codependency, really is about just taking you forward. It's about growth. It's about, you know, improvement. And you'll notice that it tends to be very, very positive. And that's the important thing to understand. Not fake positive, just this is going to feel really good for you. And what about, you know, the quote-unquote fake positive or the negative stuff? Um, yes, sometimes it is about how you look at it, but sometimes it's, it's not a negative. It's just something you don't want to do, but it becomes a positive when you understand to start hiring that out, where to find good help, what good help is going to look like. Maybe you have to do some legwork so you understand enough so that you're going to be able to get good help in a subject. And then when that happens, you start to understand that there's a source of support, then it stops being a negative and it does become a positive in an actual true way. It's a positive and it's a positive support because now all you have to do is pay somebody, you know, <clears throat> however much an hour and they're going to do certain things for you and that's going to make your life work a lot better. And everybody tends to be in touch with that. If only I had somebody to do this. If only I had somebody to do that who was really good at it. My life would be easier. So we understand naturally that it does work, that we do need other people in our lives. We do other, need other people that we can rely on um, <clears throat> who are going to be good at their jobs and that we need to support other flavors as well in order to be able to get those people in. Um, so all positive, all positive, all positive, even if, you know, in the beginning, sometimes people have a really negative viewpoint on different areas. So let's see, we're going to do mailbag here. And we have, let's see here. So we have Nancy in Chicago, and she wants a general reading, anything I can pick up. Okay, so one moment here, Nancy in Chicago. moment, Nancy in Chicago. 
So, Nancy, the heart-opening thing is going good. Um, you're on track for that. The problem um, with it is, like, sometimes things are coming around you, and you're going, like, oh, look, this feels good, and then all of a sudden they sort of, like, start to get in there, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing you crash. So it's important to understand, like, sometimes people think that being open-hearted or being loving means not having boundaries, and sometimes that's dealing with other people. Sometimes that's energetically in terms of, you know, spirits or whatever, um, what people are calling guides but aren't guides, whatever, trying to make contact. And it's not about, and it's important to understand that a boundary sometimes is just simply, like, not here. That's all it means. No, I don't want to go to for coffee with a creepy guy, you know. That's it. No, no, thank you. Um, people tend to sort of like make it wrong to have boundaries, um, but people who make it wrong to have boundaries tend to get run over um, by a lot of negative entities or, you know, maybe it feels okay or seems like it could possibly be good, um, but then you're getting taken over by the negative after and then not the warning sign that you've made. That's just a little signpost like, hello, it's the writing on the wall. I just made a mistake. And, you know, don't do that one again. Um, you know, not from like a place of judgment, but just, you know, when you're noticing that you're crashing after, you know, you probably had a little bit of a wiggle or sometimes you can't tell. But when you do have a little bit of a wiggle and it's actually there and you're getting warning signs and that's when you say no. When you can't tell or you're not sure. And again, it's not always easy to do that, but sometimes you have to spend more time um being, you know, more open-hearted with things that you actually are able to um, see and, you know, consistently giving sort of like the open-heartedness where you're thinking it's taking things into your energy, which I'm seeing. Um, it takes you down because it's like not even very well-decorated Trojan horse. It's just like, you know, it looks like it might possibly be okay, and I get that you're curious, Um and some people say to be open and nothing's going to be able to hurt you or, you know, there's like, oh, you know, nothing out there can hurt you unless you give it permission. It doesn't, when people are saying those things, they're not necessarily letting things in and that's really important to understand. Um, and again, because we're dealing with, you know, spirituality, enlightenment, sometimes, you know, people hear the fancy words and they tell you that it works a certain way even though they're not using it that way themselves just because they heard it somewhere, it sounds good, they think it's going to make them deeper, so they'll tell you that's how it actually works. Um, even though they're making mistakes themselves, they're getting infected, uh, or, or whatever it is, and I've definitely seen that one happen. Um, being, you know, having a boundary, you know, people think boundaries are mean, but boundaries are kind of put mean. Usually only if you're using them as an excuse to be mean, but you're not being mean by saying, I don't want to have a conversation. Like, or I'm busy, or like, no, I don't know you. You're not coming into my energy field. No, I don't know you. And so you're going to refuse to let them take over your body, as an example, um, you know, for things that like to try to come in, um, you know, because they want the human experience or whatever. But you're not, it's, it's not bad to say no. You're just saying like, hey, not here, go find somewhere else. Because there are people out there who, you know, think that they're being divine and they just want to talk to anything because they think it makes them deep. And those things can go and talk to them. I mean, it's easy pickings and it's an easy target. I don't know why they just don't all go for them. Um, and as I say that, a bunch of a bunch of icky spirits are like, wait, they can go, somebody else who let them in. And then they're like often going to try and find that. Um, so... I mean, you know, just because other people choose to cooperate with that does not mean that you need to, does not mean that it's a good idea for you, um, unless you want to really be having that negative experience. And that's basically the big idea for today is Nancy increasing boundaries and listening to herself more and understanding the difference between having a loving heart does not mean not being um, discerning or disciplining. Um, so what happens, you know, when you're doing that, well, you, so, you know, letting people in and having love in your heart are two separate ideas. This is really, really important to understand. So you can, you know, have love in your heart and completely and absolutely ignore somebody walking through the grocery store. In fact, if you do that, people can still tend to want to make contact with you um, <clears throat> because you're just, you still have that love in your heart. You know, why would you do that? Because sometimes you're busy. Like if you're in the store, you're getting groceries. You know, if you have to be at home on time, you know, for anybody who's, you know, a parent, right, or 
um, you know, you know, the kids are older or whatever, you remember a time period and some of you are still doing this. When you're going grocery shopping, you've got the baby in the stroller, you know, it's coming up in feeding time, you just need to run to the store quick and, you know, you get a few things. Oh, you're running a little bit later than you thought you would because there's some cool new stuff out and, you know, oh, darn it, the line's also a little bit longer than you thought. You're getting in line and the baby goes and puts the diaper. Okay. And they start fussing because, you know, they want the, you know, oh, nice and warm, but, you know, they kind of want that off because, you and it smells. And if it smells to you, when you pick up the baby, it smells a lot more from that end. Um, you know, so they want it off. Um, they want to be changed. They don't want to sit in it. It feels, you know, maybe not possibly bad if they don't know what it is, but the smell, right? I mean, we, we are naturally attuned to not wanting to like the smell of fecal matter. So, you know, the baby starts to squirm, then the baby starts to get hungry. And you just need to be able to get home and feed the baby. And so you're not, you know, making nice, playing nice with everybody. Um, not because you're being rude, but just because you don't have time. And you need to be able to work your day according to what is the highest standards for you. And that does not mean, um, you know, saying hello to everybody and placating everybody every time you need to go to the grocery store. And there are people who do that, you know. They know if they go to the mall, they need to, and I just had this conversation with somebody, they need to allot an extra two hours every single time they go to the mall because they know everybody and everybody wants to start, you know, stop and chat, okay? But it's not, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I think, you know, being in community is great. Saying hi to everybody in community is great. If you have healthy people in community, you're going to be able to wave and say a quick hi, or if you know them a bit better, say, give them a quick rush and say hi. just wanted to say hi. And, you know, if they start talking, it's like, you know what, I'm really happy to see you, and I'd love to catch up sometime later if you do want to um, catch up later. Otherwise, you could say, well, I just wanted to give you a quick hi um, because I saw you, but I have to get running because so i got to go home and i got to feed the baby. Or, you know, I'm, you know, I got to grab groceries quick and I got to go home and get dinner. And if you have people who are healthily balanced enough, they understand that. And you do not need to hold yourself sort of like hostage in your own mind that you can't go to the grocery store or go to the mall and pick up a new shirt without having to, you know, spend an extra two hours, you know, every time you want to just stop in quickly to grab something at the mall. And you know, you don't have to accommodate that. Um, so, you know, and there are people that are healthily understand that. In fact, have you ever had anybody else do that to you? Where it's just like, hey, hi, you know. And they're more than happy to talk to you when they run it into at a restaurant. They're more than happy to talk to you <clears throat> for any other thing. But when they're getting groceries, they see you, they give you a quick wave, and they're back on and they're talking to their kids because they're busy and they're on task for doing groceries. So when people think, well, you know, it's going to be bad or wrong to have the open heart but have boundaries you know it's bad to have the boundaries that's not true and in fact I've met a lot of people who have really great boundaries and I really like them and they're just going to talk to you at certain times and at certain times they're just busy and they're not being rude they're not being mean they just give you a quick wave and say well you know I've got to go or you know hey it was great talking to you it's been you know 30 seconds even with somebody who normally talks your ear off but they're like you know it's you know, it's close to my supper time. Hey, you know, can I talk to so-and-so now if you, like, live in the same house, for example, and you answer their phone? Um, because it, they're busy and they, you know, if supper's about to be ready, they just have to make a quick call. So in a healthy community, you understand that and you're making those accommodations. It's not you need to sit there and talk to everybody. Otherwise, everybody's going to be absolutely offended. Otherwise, basically, you're letting codependency win. This is really important to understand. You're letting people do responsibility when every time somebody wants to be in a bad mood, doesn't want to be responsible. And it's very hard to live a life when you've got and you're surrounded by those people. Now, on the other hand, when you have people who can respect and maintain a boundary with you and can, you know, accept and respect your boundaries as well, again, which is different than being mean or rude. It's just like, hey, you know, hi, quick wave and, um, <clears throat> you know, you're back to talk to your kids. It was like, okay. And then you could go and you could talk to them, you know, when you run into them a week later at the local restaurant or whatever it is. And things tend to go a lot easier. And it's a lot easier to play with those people and be in community with those people. And it's a lot harder to be in community with people who are 
always demanding something of you and then getting very mad at you when you're not accommodating, um, regardless of the effect that it's having on your, t- on your time, even if they're demanding it for themselves, but they don't want to give it to you, right? So these things are really important to understand that, you know, you can have love in your heart and you're doing very good at that, um, but you can also pick and choose and it's not just accommodating complainers. It's not just accommodating people who are trying to be controlling, who have a bad attitude, who don't want to be reasonable. Um, Because if you're accommodating that too much and that's who you're more surrounded by, that's what your community starts to end up looking like. And then you sort of get stuck in that. And it's a lot harder to get out of it the deeper you get into it. And it's a lot easier to stay out of it once you're out of it and start building a, a healthier community and then it becomes easier to stay in that, and it's a lot harder because as soon as you slip up and you get too close to somebody who's got too much codependency, you're going to have, you know, the nonsense hit the fan or they're sitting there fuming with you because, you know, you've got a play date with your kids or your grandkids, as the case may be, and somebody's fuming at you because they demanded that, they t- that you talk to them even though you just run into the pool, but it's like you're one day off that week and, you're, and it's pool time with the kids and your kids are allowed to have your time, they are allowed to have your energy, um, you know, attention, because that's healthy for them. It is healthy for them to get attention from mommy, daddy, grandma, grandpa, whoever, um, and it's good for them, right, which is the healthy for them. Um, and so that's beneficial, and it's positive, beneficial, and healthy to honor that. And it's not, you know, honoring somebody who, you know, doesn't want to play along with that, that's okay, too, but being under their thumb, you know, how much do you want to go through that? And then so making those distinctions and building up the healthy community, um, that's kind of what you're being called to do. But I also see resistance to that. Hold on, let me see here. So, and I'm just seeing a lot of resistance to that. So you're letting things in, you're letting things in too much. And again, you're getting the pink. Um, So making those distinctions would be a really good idea for you. And that seems to be the message for today. Let's see. Hold on. Is there anything else? Nope. That's it. That's a wrap. Okay. And we have Pat in Chicago. She wants to know if I see a major relocation move being a good thing for her future. Okay. Pat in Chicago. One moment here, please. It seems like you've got work that you need to be doing while you're in Chicago. Um, Here's the thing. I can see things in Chicago being really, really good for you. Let's see here. So here's the thing, Pat. I mean, you've definitely got – you may not appreciate this if you're looking for a major move – but here's the thing. I mean, you've got, like, that Chicago kind of vibe. You've got that toughness. You've got that intensity. Um, and so it's going to be kind of hard for – there aren't a lot of places that are going to be able to the same way. You know, Chicago's got a pretty unique vibe um, in terms of the intensity level. And let's see here. See, here's the thing, Pat, you're being called to basically own that, own your strengths, own your inner intensity. Um, And Chicago's a great container for it. I mean, it really is because that's the same kind of vibe that's out there. But if you don't understand that and you're letting yourself sort of get taken down by, by it or having people have a problem with it or you're listening to the people who bless her, again, when you're listening to the codependence, um, aspect of that, the codependency part isn't really what you should be listening to. It's really hard to get a good step um, when you're listening to the codependent aspect. So you get people who are just negative and grumbling, and they're like, no, Pat shouldn't be doing it this way. Oh, Pat shouldn't be doing it that way. You don't listen to those people, honey. Not good people to listen to. You know, when we're looking at intensity, I mean, there's like that drive, but, you know, you also have a drive to sort of like have your power sort of shoot out of you, and that's a good place. So, you know, external drive in terms of, like, getting things done, um, that that part of you is not being supported as much in Chicago. So I can understand, you know, you wanting to get out there. Um, 
and wanting to make a good, you know, a nice transition. Um, but like, say, New York, New York is really excellent for, you know, really liking-driven people. And, I mean, if you've got a lot of drive, you can really, like, swim and sing in New York, New York. Because, you know, Aramea is well-known from even across the pond, so to speak. People, it's well-known, you know, that you come to New York and people make things happen. And, I mean, if you're really top of the ladder for, you know, wanting to make things happen, New York is an absolutely amazing place for you to be able to do that and have that flavor come out. Um, but it, there's a more sort of like subtle, refined edge in terms of like how you're doing it. Again, it depends, I guess, where you go in New York. Um, but there is more of a sort of a subtlety to it and a refinement to it um, in terms of, you know, how that's being done. But for you, it's sort of like that would be kind of going to New York would be kind of like having to hold back some of your Chicago vibe, which is what you're already having a problem with, and that's what's already causing you problems in Chicago. Um, so let's see here. Let's see. Hold on. You're just showing me something. I mean, so here's the thing: you could go to you could go to New York and <clears throat> have your drives be held, and that's possible. But it's just not going to be as fulfilling for you unless you have your sort of like Chicago drive filled. When you have your Chicago drive filled. Um, there are other things that will need to come into play in order to make that work better, in order to have that happen more fully um, so that you're going to be able to, you know, have more of that heart singing. But understanding, like, what that Chicago vibe is and sort of, like, getting your, you know, your um, ego puffed out a bit, so to speak, um, you know, and getting that internal power and then learning how to do that and then learning how to find your heart in that would be really, really excellent. And then after for you, <coughs> excuse me, let's see here. I'm just checking different areas here. I'm checking different parts of the world too. Um, let's see here. So right now, that's all they're showing me. I'm sh I'm checking a bunch of different places, um, and I'm trying to get you sort of like into like what's going to take Pat to the next level of happiness. Um, so I'm not actually seeing it come out anywhere more. Hold on here. So there are definitely some other things that you need to work on. Um, it does, there's a possibility that you also need to work on learning how to be able to be happy, and there may be some blockages in that. Um, because I'm not, like, everywhere else I put you, I can't get you to get your heart singing. I mean, I'm, like, trying, you know, um, the Arctic, the whole nine yards. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying Alaska and <laughs> everything. You know, Europe, Italy. Um, Australia, New Zealand, you know, South America. I'm trying all these things, Pat, and it's like I, I can't quite get you to the same thing. But the interesting thing is, like, when you figure out what it is, Chicago can really fill that need for you because that's the place that I can get you the happiest, but there's just some aspects of it that are missing um, in order to do that. So I do see um, we do have area code 518, so I do see you there. I'm just going to finish up with Pat, and then you will be on uh, the air. So let's see here. I'm just going to see. So what else do we need um, for Pat, for happiness? So definitely getting in touch with your strengths and the Chicago vibe is really important. And then after you get in touch with that, the next step would be um, learning that you – oh, hold on. I can't give you the next step yet because if you try to jump to the next step, you won't do the first step, which is to get in your Chicago vibe. And it's really important to get in touch with your Chicago vibe first um, because that's it. So, you know, feel free to send me in these exact questions and remind me what I said about this. Um, and then I can give you the next step for whatever's coming. But get, your, get in touch with your Chicago vibe, honey. It's actually good for you. Um, I know some people have, like, a negative sort of, like, you know, viewpoint on 
you know, when you're expressing yourself, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're going to change their mind. It's just that there's a bunch of different people in Chicago and they're all going to have very different opinions. So we're going to get you towards, you know, what's good for you, what's healthy for you. And then, you know, the people that are just sitting there grumbling, if we get you, if we get you happy enough and we get you deep enough into happiness and into being self-satisfied and having the satisfaction levels in the whole nine yards and you get your life really singing, it becomes a lot easier to see who the grumblers are and just go, oh, look, they're just sitting on the corner, you know, whining. Oh, okay. And you just get on with your day because there's no point to it. It's like, you know, anything, you know, there's a lot of jokes about, oh, um, so for example, on Facebook, there's memes about, you know, what used to be, like how they used to put cocaine in Coca-Cola, you know, way back when. And so there's jokes like, oh, so this is how, you know, our, our parents and our grandparents, you know, walk back and forth to school 10 miles each way in heavy snow with no shoes. And it was uphill each way. Um, because it's a joke, um, you know, about how hard people had it in previous generations. And you get that one who gets really, really out of reality. And they just start moping and whining about the good old days and how everybody was strong, you know, like these weak kids, no, you know. And they're just, you know, running off at the mouth, complaining and moaning. And it's so out of reality. But a lot of the people that are complaining about you now, it's also the same thing. It's just, it's, you have to be at a certain point to be able to see it. And codependents just say, yes, yes, I see it. You know, they're just bad and wrong, but they can't really tell. And they can't really feel it. And if you can't really feel it, it's because, like, there's just not enough growth yet in enough different areas. And that growth, when that growth comes, then it becomes a lot easier to see who's just blustering on because that's just what they do. And you take it with a grain of salt, um, not because you're forcing it to, not because you're trying to make yourself okay, even though they're, you know, grumbling and you're not okay. It's just that with growth, you're actually okay because you have enough growth to be able to see through it adequately. And I really want to be clear about this. You know, you get people on stage saying like, oh, just ignore those people. And some people can't because if there's not enough growth, it's something that you're just trying to talk yourself into being okay with. And you're not because you're not okay with it. And you're not okay with it because there's not enough growth. But the growth part isn't trying to be okay with the fact that people are grumbling and moaning and bitching about you and you're being torn down and you're somehow okay with it that's not what it's about. It's that you understand they are actually just grumbling because they don't have enough going on, but the only way that you'll start to see that and actually get it to the point where you are naturally okay with the fact that they're doing that and you head off in a different direction, you have to have enough growth for it to actually happen. And when it's not there, because people like to, especially in codependency, just lie the butts off and say, well, they're there, even though they're not you won't really get the same result because the result's not the same. The best way to do it is to grow. Um, so, you know, pedal to the metal, Pat, and working on that good stuff. And again, first off, the Chicago vibe. So let's see here. We have area code 518. 518, you are on the air with Almaya Hoshampara. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. Um I am calling to just see if you have any messages for me spiritually or um, whatever you might pick up. Okay. And what's your name? Where are you calling from? Um, my name is Marie, and I'm in in New York. Hey, Marie, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. One moment here. Okay, so Marie, so I'm sensing a little bit of nervousness here. So you having a tough time? Is that what's going on? Um, no, I, I was, but I think yeah, I think everything's okay. I mean, my life isn't perfect, but it's going okay. Okay, good. Um, so one of the things that they're saying here is, you know, sometimes like when you're feeling a little bit um, things are a little bit hard. You're feeling a little bit nervous. Um, sometimes you're feeling a little bit nervous because, you know, there's habit that we have. Like we're used to being nervous because, you know, things aren't necessarily working. Um, but sometimes people are nervous because that's your warning sign that um, you need to be listening to yourself, that there's certain people that it's really going to be better off for you not to be interacting with. 
And what they're wanting you to do is to sort of be able to make those distinctions um, more so. And they want you to basically be practicing finding people and trying to be around people that you actually feel good around. And they really mm-hmm. want you to up that practice. Um, it's funny you say that because that's what I've been doing. Good. Um, yeah, for a while now. Whether Good. That's really excellent. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that. Um, Thank you. Hold on here. Yeah, that's pretty much the message. It's just that they want you to keep doing that. Um, they do want to stress, however, they're, they're, what they're saying, though, is they want you to understand the largesse of the message and that they really want you to make sure that you're doing it as much as possible. Um, really let that sink in. Really let it sink in how good it feels to be around people um, that you actually like. That feels really good for you to be around um, and try to stay absorbed in that as much as you can. And they actually want you to make that a daily practice for a year. And this is the first time I've ever been given practice instructions by somebody or for somebody mm-hmm. before that they're saying they want you to make that a really, really strong practice for a year and then check back in um, and, and then see what the next um, part of the practice is going because they're trying to really get it to you on a cellular level. They really want you to have that, that experience and they're trying to prepare you for what's going to come next. So this is like, you know, stage one, uh, so to speak, uh, of the, well, not stage one, sorry, they're correcting that. Um, it's one of the stages. It's definitely not stage one, but it's one of the pieces that's definitely a part of your path to get you to where they want you to be going. Um, so they're, Hold on. So I'm not allowed to tell you the rest yet, um, but they're saying that it is um, it is preparation for having. Oh no, I can't tell you that. Okay, all I can tell you is that's one of the stages, and they're preparing. Even when I say they're preparing you, they're like shh. So that's okay. all I'm allowed to tell you oh, for now. Okay. Because I've been doing this for, like, a lot longer than a year. I've been really working on this for probably a couple of years now to make sure, you know, hey, maybe I shouldn't be around these people. Okay, I'll just stay up by myself. Oh, these are great people to be with. Oh, they want to get together? Okay, I'm going out with them. So I've been really working what? on it for the last couple of years. So it's been longer than a right. year already. Right. And you've been doing it every single day. Um, Pretty much, yeah. I just, if I feel I shouldn't be around certain people, and I really trust my gut on that, I I truly do, Um, I just don't do anything with them. You know, if I see them out, I'll say, hey, how's it going? You know, I'll be polite, but... Okay, hold on, sure. They don't even want you to do that. What, not be polite? (laughs) I, I'm not saying be rude, but like you know, like a quick. The, the less the less you can keep your, the more that you can keep your energy out of their sort of like airspace. The mm-hmm. more that they're calling you to do that, basically. Yeah, so I even do. Like, I do. Like a smile, like not even like, hey, how's it going, but like a smile. Um, just like make it like the smallest amount possible. They want you to engage your energy the least amount possible and they want you to engage mm-hmm. your energy to the maximum amount with the people that are really going to feel good for you. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's all they're, they're asking and they're just asking you to keep going for it. So I understand like, you know, if it's a little bit frustrating that you're hearing like do it for doing it for you and you're like, well, I've been at it for two years, but it's still the message. They're just saying that they want you to keep going at it. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Oh, I appreciate it, and I thank you very, very much. You're welcome. I'm sorry I couldn't be of more help. I know that's mm. not sometimes what people want to hear, but it it is for a good thing. That that right. Really like I said, I've been doing it for a couple of years, and I feel good that I have been doing it. You know, you can definitely once you take your energy away from people who. I don't like to say don't deserve it. I, I don't want to be harsh about it, but shouldn't have it. And you put it in, yeah. you know, the right place. You feel so much better. And that's what I've been doing. Um, but, again, if somebody comes up, 
the people, you know, certain people will come up and say, hey, how you been? I haven't seen you. I'm not just going to nod and walk away. You know, I try to be polite and, um, you know, hey, how's it going? How you been? Good. Nice to see you. Got to go. Um, so yeah. you know, I'm not going to be rude. So, yeah, I've been doing that for quite a long time now, quite a while. And um, But I'm just surprised you're not getting anything more since I've already been doing that. Huh. Okay. Well, because it's subtler, right? I mean, well, it's, it's subtler because, what, I mean, well, it goes subtler and subtler and subtler. And that's the important thing to understand because what doesn't feel like a big deal now, you're, I mean, to have that much interaction with somebody, you know, the fact that they're still like, hey, I haven't seen you around for a while, you know, they're still missing you. And you're thinking like, well, that's rude to walk off or whatever. And, you know, you could just smile and, and say hi or it, it doesn't even have to be that much. Um, in some cases, but you're still thinking of that as rude. So, you know, it's it feels maybe subtle to you, but it's not subtle um, the more that you understand the energy and how much hook that comes with that. Okay. But thank you. Anyways, okay, and, you know, good so luck. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful holiday season. You too. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. Okay, so we are almost at the top of the hour here, and so we basically have three minutes to the top of the hour. Um, hold on here. Nope, that's it. Okay, so I'm just going to see if I could do a quick yes or no, and they're like, nope. Uh, we want more attention on that one, so I'm not going to be able to do that one today. So thank you so much, everybody, for writing in and calling in. And I understand, you know, sometimes some of this stuff, you know, we want the big the big amazing you know fallout <laughs> um you know the amazingness the miracles and stuff like that and sometimes it really is you know just that putting one foot in front of the other um and they say this like stuff about say nervous system issues you know sometimes the good stuff sometimes the deep work is boring <laughs> which i think is funny um but it is about going deeper and deeper and deeper into those you know what currently feels subtle um, turns out to be a bigger deal later on. So thank you so much, everybody. Again, my name is Elmaya Hoshiamtara. You can find me at enlightenmentinthecity.com. That's enlightenmentinthecity.com. You can also go to our website. That is newsforthesoul.com, newsforthesoul.com, and you can find me there. And thank you, everybody. So have yourselves a very... Merry um, holiday season or the start of it. And for all of you that are having your Christmas parties and your different celebrations coming up, enjoy. And I will talk to you in one week, 3 p.m. PST. Remember, New York or Chicago, if it's your rush hours, you can always call in and listen in. Thank you so much, everybody. I love you. Have a great day. Bye. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Jennifer Hudson, and you're listening to News for the Soul. 